In the year 1831, biologist Charles Darwin began a fateful journey on the HMS Beagle. On that journey, Darwin formulated the controversial theory of evolution which has impacted society down to this day. Our goal is to punch holes in that theory, so we'd like to welcome you to Sink the Beagle. Fire one, Captain! Way to go, Stan. Nice shooting. Why, thank you, John. I appreciate that. We love to see the target hit and sending that beagle down below the waves and evolution with it. I am Stan Hudson. And I'm John Kurlinski, welcoming you to another fun-filled day of entertainment on Sink, <laughs> Sink the, the beagle. beagle, where we take lighthearted looks at the serious issues of evolution and creation. Lighthearted, because that's all we can do with such a fun topic as this. And John, today we're going to do some more fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit lightheartedly and fun <laughs> about an, uh, an area of evolution and creation that's often used as a proof that evolution is indeed taking place. And some of us would like to look at the evidence and probably think of something a little different. Mm -hmm. And that is the area of vestigial organs. Vestigial. What do you mean by vestigial organs? Is that like a Hammond or a Wurlitzer organ? No, it's not the kind you play. <laughs> it's the kind you have. Oh, okay. I, matter of fact, I am missing one of mine, and I think you still have yours. <laughs> oh, oh, now what's that? My app appendix. I ah. have an appendectomy. I used to have an appendix. I had an attack back in college, and I remember going to get seven stitches. They snare that little bugger out of me and <laughs> and took it out. It attacked you, huh? It attacked me. An <laughs> appendectomy attack. Oh, man. Appendicitis. Well, and frankly, yeah. Uh, when we talk about vestigial organs, uh, from probably the 1800s on, it's been a commonly used proof for evolution. And really, the theory of, of vestigial organs goes like this. We all have, or many animals have, organs now that they don't appear to need now, but perhaps at an early evolutionary stage, their ancestors needed it. But as they evolved, the organ no longer was necessary. And it's just sort of, well, just kind of, well, hanging on. Hanging on. <laughs> Unneeded, almost unwanted. Unwanted. <laughs> unwanted. Or, like an no. appendix. Like, well, actually, In a human beings, yeah. Appendix is considered somewhat. Though they do know, Stan, uh, okay. that appendixes do have functions, and they do know they help in digestion, especially they discovered in other animals, other species, that animals that are large herbivores ah. have ha larger functioning appendixes. But we who become more carnivores, maybe ah. as we become more carnivore, maybe the development or the lack thereof is due to our deterioration by eating meat. A, we ah. die sooner. B, we don't need it because mm -hmm. we're not using it. And, and we're grumpier. It's kind of like muscles that isn't being used. It gets mm -hmm. kind of limpy and wimpy. Well, what we're going to do today, John, is we are going to talk about some of the better known uh, vestigial organs. And we go back, first of all, in 1798, 60 years, uh, 60 years before Darwin's first book was published, a French anatomist uh, by the name of Saint-Hitaire traveled to Egypt with Napoleon where he witnessed and wrote about a flightless bird whose wings appeared useless for soaring. Of course, it was an ostrich. Mm -hmm. He called it a cassowary, which had to do with it's sort of a general category of flightless birds. But anyway, when you look at an ostrich, 
Well, yeah, you can kind of get that the wings there. I mean, they use the wings for running balance and maybe other things, maybe uh, attract uh, the lady ostriches in some kind of display. But beyond that, there's no question that ostriches don't need wings or don't use their wings for flight. They like to also cite things like uh, human goosebumps. We have these goosebumps glands that kind of that pop up and normally that all they can figure out for is like when a dog gets mad and he raises the hair and it's back. Well, apparently we used to be able to do that once in a while too. So why now do we, we just get, wrinkle our eyebrows and look mean? Why do we get goosebumps when we walk through a new car lot or something? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, just anyway, no. So yeah. So it was a, to make us bigger and supposedly the goosebumps would help the hair to stand on end and make us look bigger when we had lots of fur, you know, back in the Ukuk days. But, but now we don't need need fur at all there's no there's no fur for any of that so hair except for maybe our eyebrows why goosebumps I, why goosebumps is what they say mm-hmm. so therefore it's just a vestige of a, pr- a earlier furrier, day furrier when we days needed, when we needed to raise our hair to look mean and ferocious against some sort of other person or animal mm-hmm. maybe threatening us mm-hmm. um that, uh, well okay let's 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 use another uh for instance how about uh, whales uh you know Biologists, the evolutionists believe that for a hundred million years, the only vertebrates on Earth were water dwellers. In other words, we all came from the ocean at some point in time. They had no arms, no legs. But at some point, these fish began to develop, quote unquote, you know, arms limbs. and legs, limbs, and, and then, eventually took we'll went go, for yeah, a walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah went took for a walk. walk. Took for a walk. But mm-hmm. the irony is that whales decided we don't like walking. We like swimming. So they went back. They got back to the, the pool. And First develop, one back. And developed, and developed new fins and new legs. They, they, they evolved <laughs> in reverse, kind yes. of shifted in reverse again and went back right. to whales. Mm-hmm. That's back to the just water, the yeah. whole theory, I hate to say it, is so far-fetched that, I mean, mm-hmm. to believe that because, because A, whales are mammals. That's what, the, that's what, the, what strikes them. Is well, the, they base it somewhat on vestigial organs yes. again. You know, they supposedly have uh, remains of uh, back legs. Yeah, they also say like the, the tailbone of uh, of our spine, the last bone. Of course, they don't understand the, how that helps us in sitting, in posture, and other mm-hmm. things. But they wanted mm-hmm. to assume it was vestigial at least for a while. Now they're starting to kind of look at it a little differently, saying, "Well, maybe we do need these, or they they are a benefit to us." But uh, that's that, that's the many uh, types of things that we talk about when we talk about uh, vestigial organs that they try to use as proof. That evolution is occurring. In other words, it's looking at current anatomy right. and making assumptions based mm-hmm. on, on lack of knowledge of what the function is, just because we might be able yeah. to live without it for a while. Right, and that makes it vestigial. Well, well the, basically, it, your, one of your arms are vestigial because you can cut off an arm any time and live without it. There's people well, that even live yeah. without arms completely. Okay, but there's no advantage to losing an uh well, okay, an appendix is supposedly no advantage, but an arm would be. So, I mean, don't you have to have the arms to well, kind of I don't know. Maybe people. I've seen prey. some people without arms that eat real good at their feet and button their shirts at their feet and everything. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, how about uh, wisdom teeth? Uh, humans have wisdom teeth. You ever wondered why we have wisdom teeth since they generally all get pulled out at some well, point by yeah. a well, high-paid professional dentist? They wanted to say it went back to a day when we had bigger jaws and bigger mouths, apparently. Bigger jaws. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and what's interesting now, though, is they come in <laughs> so much later, they say, well, the purpose was is that maybe, maybe they also speculated this. 
maybe because we had such poor dental hygiene, the wisdom teeth are just kind of like backup reserves, kind of like the B team that would come in after you've <laughs> rotted all your other teeth away because you didn't brush them enough when you were before, before crest and before, before, before crest and Colgate. And, yeah, it was like <laughs> your, your body was all, evolution was already anticipating crest and Colgate, or wasn't right. anticipating crest and Colgate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pumping out wisdom teeth for uh, you. Yeah, now now that we brush our teeth twice a day and therefore uh, have our teeth still, we don't need the wisdom teeth. They're becoming vestigial. Ook, Evolution ook. in front of our very eyes. Uh, ook, ook. Well, <laughs> anyway. uh, uh, let, let's talk about sex. Shall we talk about sex, John? Oh, well, we, we like to talk about sex occasionally here on the Sink the Beagle. Actually, uh, what kind of sex are we talking about? Oh, how about dandelions? <laughs> yeah, how about dandelions? Isn't that a fun topic? Dandelions. <clears throat> well, dandelions. Asexual? They have them, but they don't use them. Oh, well, they're lazy or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it must be out of motivation or something. Well, they have, uh, they have the proper sexual organs, the stamen and the pistil, but ne- necessary for reproduction. But that's not how they do. They don't use them. They don't use them. They just grow up in your yard as weeds. They magically appear. Actually, oh, d- d- I believe they're in evil spirits. They're doing. Evil spirits plant dandelions <laughs> in your yard when you're not looking. Uh, uh, actually, I'll go with that medieval thought. <laughs> okay, yeah, that works. That actually, works for me. Or, or better yet, how about why sex? I mean, the whip tail lizard. You know, could you imagine mm-hmm. Stan being mm-hmm. on that island of only girls? Only girls. All huh? whip tail lizards. But <laughs> <laughs> and they don't need guys. They just, uh, shall we say, make babies without guys. Yeah, they're able and to reproduce. Just like without, dandelions. Just like dandelions. Maybe so, they eat dandelions and that's what it is. No. <laughs> so, well, well, actually, and there, no. there are examples supposedly of, <laughs> of uh, vestigial organs. In other words, they've got things that they don't use or don't need. There's a fr- and, you know, there's a few organizations in America that might like to get a hold of that information and figure it out. I think of a few liberal organizations in D.C. that may want to get rid of the, all the guys. And Moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's here. let's get real personal. How about, uh, this is a fun one, and this is as long as they've been talking about the subject of vestigial organs. How about nipples in the male, male, ma- male mammals? Memory glands. Yes. Oh, uh, you, you know, male, some males can nurse, you know. Some males can produce That's good the news for ladies, I guess, or is it? I don't Might know. Might be competition. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but the point is, actually, all mammal males have nipples. And what's the point or purpose of that? And they, they speculate that at some time earlier, maybe they did have the ability to nurse. Dad, you, you nurse this guy. Your for, turn. Your turn. Well, I go you, off you and get hunt up in the game. Night. You get up <laughs> in the night and nurse this kid. He's hungry. I'm not getting up. And then guys <laughs> refuse to get up and say lost their mammary glands. Is that what happened? <laughs> uh, but, but today, uh, it is true that... Far and away, uh, they are non-functioning in terms of producing milk. They don't lactate. So it's, uh, you know, what's the point of it? Um, and, and, you know, we could go on on things like this, vestigial organs, but one of the things that perhaps could shed some light on this is, frankly, a biblical, a biblical view on this subject, and that is this, that at sin, when sin entered the world and the curse was pronounced by God on the animal world, uh, when he was speaking to the serpent, to Lucifer in the form of a serpent, he said, you are cursed above all other cattle. Now, that's an interesting statement because it sounds like, in other words, the snake was going to change into whatever it was before, into something without arms and legs and slithery and ugly and yucky uh, and being affected by the physical effects of sin. All the other cattle apparently also felt some form of degeneration or deformation they came from sin and to me that answers very very easily things like flightless birds and so forth 
The critters in this world were affected by sin just like mankind. We, we seem to show in this world a degeneration. Yes. Man, instead of evolving into a higher creature or a more profound creature, a biblical picture is that the whole world is actually breaking down and running down mm-hmm. and parts aren't functioning like it used to. It's kind exactly. of more like an old car that needs lots of overhauls and lots of parts. Right, right. Lots I mean, of love. It's like a vestigial muffler. You know? mm-hmm. I've had a few of those and, and <laughs> vestigial <laughs> backseat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's job for a while, but I don't mm-hmm. have it anymore. I still runs without it, but mm-hmm. I could sure use it maybe or something. <laughs> no, the point is that the the world is winding down and breaking down, and the Bible even says it's actually groaning because of the losses it has occurred because of sin, not the gains it makes because of human technology and wisdom. Our if, environment seems to be running down. Our human health mm-hmm. seems to be running down. Oh, mm-hmm. we can add some years to it because of better hygiene and better surgical the methods. New Testament but, says, yeah, that, that, the, that the creation is groaning. Yes, and, and the vast majority of it is. We have a torpedo text, too, just to kind of mm-hmm. look at a little bit. Well, I'm going to compare a couple of texts, John. First of all, in Isaiah 45:18, it says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. Or in other words, he did not create the planet with vain things going on or with useless things going on. And maybe some of the vestiges is our lack of understanding what the intention is or was. Uh, And now now I'd like to quote the birds uh, in the very famous song by, well, you know, uh, to everything there is a season, uh, a time for every purpose under heaven, Ecclesiastes 3.1. So it seems like God created everything, the planet, and everything that's in it, not in vain, but with purpose. And the parts of those different machines all were working and functioning just fine before sin came in. And then since that time, yeah, things may have been falling apart. And some of them may look like vestigial organs. Yeah. And the, the, actually, one of the more vestigial things I've seen, not an organ per se, but what seems to be dying in our world is faith. Ooh. Faith has become a vestigial item in the individual's life due to the ev- evolutionary thinking and evolutionary thought. And I, I think that's consequences, like all the others, are, are, are killing us. But mm-hmm. you can tune in again. We'll talk more on these matters on another Sink the Beagle. Thanks for listening to Sink the Beagle. We'd like to send you a special gift just for being with us today. Write to our email address, beagle at lifetalk.net, and ask for your free copy of Dr. Dwight Nelson's book called Built to Last, A Thoughtful Look at Creation and Evolution. Ask for Built to Last when you write to Beagle at lifetalk.net. And be sure to listen in next time to another episode of Sink the Beagle. So join us here each week, my friends. You're sure to get a smile. From seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Island.